On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, Tesla decides to remain a public company. It also sues the Canadian province of Ontario over the abrupt cancellation of the electric vehicle rebate program. Elon Musk gives Marquez Brownlee a tour of the Tesla factory. Gigafactory One is getting bigger and more. Howdy friends, Ryan McCaffrey with you here on episode 160 of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast for August 26th, 2018. I had to wait like literally two minutes to press the record button while I waited for Daisy the Boxer Puppy over here to stop drinking. The dog was was chugging for like two minutes straight. Anyway, uh, I've got another busy show for you. As always, there's never a quiet week in the world of Tesla. In fact, I thought this week was going to be quiet. It's like, yeah, there's not to, I had the show like kind of all prepped on Thursday night. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's kind of a lighter week this week compared to the usual. And then sure enough, Friday night, uh, a huge bit of news drops about Tesla deciding to stay public. I'll talk about that in a bit. But first I wanted to give some, uh, some updated impressions. I finally have the spirit of adventure. My Model 3 is back. It is in my possession full time. And boy, does it feel good. It's my first full proper week <laughs> with the car. And it's been great. I have to say, uh, again, you know, uh, Immaculate Reflections, he gave me a deal, a discount for the uh, the plugs at the end of the show. So again, just, you know, take this with a grain of salt if you, if you choose to, just for transparency there. But I have to say, uh, Jeff lived up to his business name. The car does indeed reflect immaculately. So now I just need my spoiler and my badge uh, and no word from Tesla on those items just yet. I even called Tesla earlier this week about it. They told me that those items would be assigned to the corresponding VIN number, the VINs that needed them. Uh, and when that happens in the system, someone from service would reach out to schedule a visit for installation. So I thought I would share that information in case it's of use to my fellow P3D owners. But the car looks great. I have to say, if um, you know, I, I, I've said this before, and I certainly stand by it. I think if you're if you're interested in in keeping your Tesla as nice as possible for as long as possible, and you can you can budget for it, at least do the paint protection film on up all the way up the hood and front fenders just because that's where rocks or rock chips are going to get you um, more so than anywhere else but the i think the real the sort of stealth mvp of the entire detailing process uh believe me i'm happy to have the paint protection film but the paint correction the paint correction do not overlook this if you are taking delivery and interested in really making your car as beautiful as it can be uh, Jeff went through and documented the, the various little issues that, that come from the factory on, on any car, Tesla, any manufacturer, nobody, you know, they don't come out perfect. These are mass produced vehicles from, again, regardless of manufacturer. And it just, he spent a lot of time cleaning up the paint and really making it shine. You can walk around the whole car and the whole thing just looks incredible. I'm so pleased. I'm so grateful uh, and I have to say, now actually driving it, it still feels 
surreal. Like, it can't actually be mine. Like, I'm driving it, but but I feel like, oh, it, well, this must belong to someone else, or I'm just borrowing it, or it's Tesla's, and I have to give it back. Like, no, I get to I get to keep it. I get to take it home. I got to pay for it, too, but so it's, it's feeling really great. Um, and I'm looking, of course, now that I'm, now that I'm in my Tesla, I am looking and I want to, I've been trying to do the, the model three wave that I'm, that I've tried to invent and tried to popularize to other model threes. And of course I'm not like passing other model threes in such a way where I can try to make eye contact and do the, the okay sign with the, you know, the, the, the make the circle with your index finger and thumb and your other three fingers up and. (laughs) <laughs> I've been wanting to do that, and I haven't really had a chance yet. But um, I also haven't seen another white interior out in the wild yet. Uh, of course, they're out there, and, but yeah, I'm waiting to see another one. But man, it uh, it feels really good to have, and I'm I'm definitely doing launches with the car where it's safe to do so. I want to be explicitly clear about that because they're they're. Uh, Really, there aren't a lot of places to safely do it, especially in the city here in San Francisco. But when I've had the opportunities, like, eh, freeway on-ramp here or there, boy, it feels really good. You just get that roller coaster-like kick to the gut. And I've uh, I've taken, actually, I guess just, again, it was just a busy week at work. I came, you know, I came back from my vacation, picked up the car, and went right back to work, right back to the usual routine. I, I did get to go to lunch with one friend of mine who I hadn't seen in a while this week, and he he was impressed. He he really enjoyed uh, the the launch factor, the launch capability of the uh, of the Model Three. But I, I I've been doing little zero to thirty bursts where I can, which which you, it's it's that's a different animal. You can get away with that a little more often here in and around the city, but. Um, and, and I'll tell you, if you, you remember that clip I played on the special delivery episode where I, I did my silly little back to the future quote, you know, uh, amended for, for Tesla ref Tesla use. And, and then you heard me, I talked about how I, I cackled maniacally. That's the best description for it. Like, a, like I was a super villain who had finally gotten the, the world dominating, uh, item of power that he'd been lusting for, for for the you know the entire run of the comic book or series or whatever we're talking about. But uh, I'm still doing the cackle. Maybe not quite as intense, but just every time I just I can't. It's it's almost involuntary. I can't help but laugh, but do a little cackle and just have this big smile on my face. So it is. Uh, the car is an incredible vehicle. I love the seats. They're so soft. They're very comfortable. I love the. The bolster that's adjustable back there, it just feels great, uh, and I'm just so grateful. I'm so great. Like I've I've thought I've been looking like I'll look at the car and just think, but man, like it, it happened after all these years of of wanting it and hoping for it and daydreaming about it and planning for it and saving for it and and working as hard as I can. Boy, it just it it's really it feels so great, but I I really just have tried to reflect and be as grateful as possible for for this because man, it's it's just it's something else. It's really been fantastic. And and one other note, I know you want me to get on with the news. I'm I'm going on too much about myself here, but autopilot. I want to talk about autopilot for a quick second. In that, I mean, I'm not saying anything that no one else that, that no one else has said before, but the uh, autopilot feature 
Yes, it's really great on the freeway. You, you got to remain attentive. It's best to keep that hand on the wheel uh, so that just for safety reasons and so it, the system's not nagging you. But it's probably, I think I like it even more so far here in stop and go traffic, which I have a bit of, particularly on my way into work in the morning. It is really, really great in stop and go. Like, People, you know, if people merge into me, which inevitably happens, it's good about, like, not, it doesn't get, like, hauntingly, frighteningly close to that car. In front. It, it's, you know, it keeps a little bit of a distance. I think I have mine set to three. And it is just great. Like, I, I went from, during this stretch of my morning commute, I went from clutch, shift, brake, clutch, shift, brake, over and over and over on this, this, uh, stop and go stretch of freeway to now I literally do nothing. I do nothing. I sit there and the car just takes me, just takes me through that, that section of road. And it's, it, I just like the, <laughs> the other day I was, I was almost, t- I was tempted to talk to it. Just like, who's a good autopilot. You're a good autopilot. It's really great. So, um, by the time you hear this over the, over the weekend, I'm, I've got a couple of long drives planned and a get-together planned with a friend this weekend. So super excited my, for my first full weekend with the car. Can't wait to get out, enjoy it, have fun. I did find one problem, though, which I've already scheduled a service appointment for. I have no idea. I guess that's just a freak thing. I don't know if the car came this way and I just didn't see it. But I was uh, getting something out of the trunk, uh, the trunk after work today, after I pulled into the garage, and I noticed I've got a little probably half to three-quarter inch long crack uh, in my taillight, just the housing. So I made a service appointment online through, the, through my Tesla, through my account, and I'll take it in, and, and I've, hopefully they'll have the part in stock to swap out my taillight and get that, or maybe they can just do the housing. I'm not sure. So we'll see. I'll have, so I'll have my first service experience coming up this week, and we'll see how that goes. Uh, I also got my matte black... Elon Musk fake signature Tesla high power wall connector and got it installed this week, had an electrician come by. And I have to say, boy, I love it. So thank you to those of you who used my cousin Patrick's referral code over the past six, eight months, basically over the course of 2018, uh, that allowed me to get that. It is, it is really great. I sincerely appreciate it. And yeah, it's just, it, the, so the car charges, it, now the Model 3 caps out, it is a 48 amp onboard charger, so it caps out at 48 amps, and it's charging, it'll do about 42 miles per hour uh, on there, at least so far. I haven't, although I haven't tried charging it from very l- super low state of charge, but uh, it seems like, yeah, about 42 miles an hour, which is about 50, yeah, about, well... 33 to 40% maybe faster than the NEMA 1450 outlet was doing. So uh, love having that in the garage. It looks super nice, and it's uh, it's great to have it there. Now I can just leave my mobile connector in the trunk. I keep mine, I'm keeping it in its bag that it comes with, with the car, down in the, the extra trunk, in the trunk, that little, like, that extra area if you lift up the down below where exhaust would normally reside in an ICE, so... There is that. And finally, before I get to the news, I know I'm really (laughs) lingering here 11 minutes. I just want to say thank you to everybody for your kind words on the Jason Calacanis interview last week. I confess, I want to be honest with you guys, I was a little worried 
that it was too long. I mean, I was having a really good conversation with Jason. I had intended for it to be 20, maybe 30 minutes, and it ended up going like 43 minutes, something like that. But I got a ton of great feedback on Twitter, on on email. Uh, so thank you if you uh, did express those kind words. And if you didn't, just thanks for listening to it. And yeah, glad to hear that people enjoyed that. I really enjoyed talking to Jason about his very unique perspective on Tesla and on Elon uh, from a, from a, both a, a business perspective and from a personal perspective of just his expertise in the world as an angel investor and what he thinks of Tesla as a company. So great stuff there. Really glad you all enjoyed that. Let's move on with the news. I know, finally, I'm sorry. Uh, it's exciting. It's my first week with the car. It cut me a little slack this week. So the big news that broke just literally 30 minutes before I was going to record here on Friday night, and that is Tesla has decided to remain a public company. Elon posted a public blog and sent an email, a brief email, out to all Tesla employees. I've obtained that email, a copy of it, as I'm sure lots of people have by now, but I'll read you a piece of that in a second. But here is an excerpt. I'm not going to read you the whole thing this time, but here is, I think, the most relevant excerpt from the public blog post, Elon writing, based on all the discussions that have taken place over the last couple of weeks and a thorough consideration of what is best for the company, a few things are clear to me. Given the feedback I've received, it's apparent that most of Tesla's existing shareholders believe we are better off as a public company. Now, I'll take a quick pause here to note that earlier in the blog, he mentions that he did consult with some of these larger shareholding firms, the, the Morgan Stanleys of the world, etc. So con uh, continuing, he says, additionally, a number of institutional shareholders, that would be the aforementioned Goldman Sachs, etc., uh, Morgan Stanley, have explained that they have internal compliance issues that limit how much they can invest in a private company. There is also no proven path for most retail investors to own shares if we were private. Although the majority of shareholders I spoke to said they would remain with Tesla if we went private, the sentiment in a nutshell was, quote, please don't do this. I knew the process of going private would be challenging, but it's clear that it would be even more time-consuming and distracting than initially anticipated. This is a problem because we absolutely must stay focused on ramping Model 3 and becoming profitable. We will not achieve our mission of advancing sustainable energy unless we are also financially sustainable. That said, my belief that there is more than enough funding to take Tesla private was reinforced during this process. After considering all of these factors, I met with Tesla's board of directors yesterday, meaning Thursday, and let them know that I believe the path, the better path, is for Tesla to remain public. Uh, the board indicated that they agree. Moving forward, we will continue to focus on what matters most, building products that people love and that make a difference to the shared future of life on Earth. We've shown that we can make great sustainable energy products, and now we need to show that we can be sustainably profitable. With all the progress we've made on Model 3, we're positioned to do this, and that's what the team and I are going to be putting all of our efforts toward. And then here's a, just a quick line from the company email, the email he sent internally. It, he says, On balance, being public appears to best serve the interests of the people of Tesla and those who have invested in our future. So there you have it. Uh, that saga has come to an end. Uh, it's been obviously a whirlwind couple of weeks for Elon Musk in really every way, shape, and form. But hopefully this will sort of set, set him and the company 
on a firm course, staying the course as a public company and continuing their drive towards continued and sustainable profitability. Uh, Q3 is, of course, already well underway here. The, you know, the, the, they, they've got a really good shot at it I, on, on paper, anyone, on uh, just looking at it optically for Q3 with uh, the first wave of performance Model 3s and all-wheel drive Model 3s happening this month. And the production ramp, by the way, possibly hitting 6,000. I, I chose not to report this, but I'll just mention it real quick. Bloomberg's VIN Tracker, which is a sort of manual thing that they, they run there. Uh, so you can kind of use it as an estimate. It's certainly not official. But they had showed that uh, this past week, Tesla hit over 6,200. Uh, I believe it was yeah, over 6,000 VINs, uh, you know, cars produced, VINs registered. So that seems to be... And, and remember, the goal for that, for 6,000 cars a week, was by the end of August, which we are, are, we've still got a week to go as of recording this. So that is a good sign there. So that'll do it for the whole private matter, uh, the privatization, and we'll see what happens moving forward. I am very curious now, most, many of you who hear this will hear it Monday or later. I am, I'm not a shareholder. I don't have a position, but I'm just, I'm really curious to see how the stock market is going to respond to this. Uh, will, you know, will the shorts somehow drive it, you know, ha drive it down in a way? Or because Elon said he consulted with those institutional investors, will that boost confidence? Will the stock go up next week? That will be an interesting story to track. All right, next up this week. So uh, Marquez Brownlee, a.k.a. MKBHD, extraordinarily popular, very successful tech reviewer, tech content creator on YouTube. I, uh, I'll mention again, he's, he's at youtube.com slash MKBHD. I give him the plug because I'm going to borrow a couple of clips from him here. He had another piece of content post uh, this week with, with Elon. Elon gave him a private tour of the factory. I thought the video was really interesting. It's about a 15-minute video. I, I encourage you to go check it out. It's pretty good. I mean, there's not a lot of news there, per se, or things that you didn't necessarily already know, but it's, it's neat to see inside the factory and uh, just see sort of Elon speak to that stuff. Now, the two clips I wanted to play, here's the first one that I, that I found, I thought I would share here that was worth passing along. Elon was asked by Marquez, well, what are, what are the most popular paint colors? Well, I think that's, that's information that we don't normally get. So here is Elon answering that question. What is the most popular paint color coming through here? That's black. Black? Yeah. It actually varies by country. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah, no, I, I see a lot of silver, and I see a lot of white Model X. Yeah, just yeah, in so, New Jersey. Uh, black and white are the two most colors, uh, two most popular colors. Okay. Um, the white and black are, are like black slight is is slightly more popular than white in the U.S. But in like Europe, it's way more popular. Like white is a very rare color in Europe for a car. Okay. Um, in the U.S., it's like it's it's about even with with black. Black and white are the two most common colors. What I found interesting about that was that one of the two most popular colors, at least as Elon noted, in the United States, is white. And the reason I find that interesting is because 
the only white available and the only one that's been available for some time now, I would say two years maybe, is the pearl white multi-coat that costs more. So I, I wonder if maybe that's why Tesla eliminated the free solid white paint color because they knew it was popular enough that people would just go ahead and pay for the pearl white. So I thought that that was a very interesting nugget of information that Elon shared there. Um, still on the topic of paint, you know, a number of you have reached out over time. I see forum posts, you know, that the original Model 3 Alpha prototype, one of the two of them, the, uh, the earlier of the two, uh, is that matte black Model 3. And ever since, people have wondered, oh, are they going to offer that? Maybe, uh, maybe on a performance model. It'd be cool if they offered that. Uh, Marquez asked Elon, hey, what about matte paint? How do you feel about matte, matte or satin colors? I actually got asked about that a lot. I actually like the aesthetics of matte. Uh -huh. It's really tricky to, to repair matte. So, like okay, with glass, yeah. you can polish it out. With matte, yeah. um, if you get like a little ding, it's really hard to then rematch the, so it looks like an even matte. Yeah. You can't just like, you know. That's a fair point, yeah. Um, so it's, it's durable, it's, it's something actually we would like to do matte in the future. Um, but um, like right now, for example, like the paint shop's really operating at full tilt, so adding any complexity to the paint shop would not be wise right now, but right. I think it'd be a cool thing to do in the future. So unfortunately there, for those of you hoping that that matte black Model 3, that other Alpha prototype, as I mentioned, that that might become a real thing that you can order and buy for yourself, it is unfortunately not going to happen anytime soon. There are plenty of folks who've taken it upon themselves to do a stealth or matte a wrap. That is, uh, that's really the only way you can go for now. All right. So again, and you can, I do encourage you to check out the full thing there on uh, Marquez's YouTube channel at youtube.com slash MKBHD. Moving on this week, big story, Tesla suing the Canadian province of Ontario over the cancellation of the EV rebate programming, program, pardon me, alleging discrimination that's specifically targeting Tesla within this this uh, phase-out uh, that excludes Tesla. Now, I want to give credit. This was first reported by the Tesla Owners Ontario group. So hat, tip of the hat to them there. Tesla, in their lawsuit, points to the Ontario government's own wording within the cancellation, such as this, quote, but we, were all, uh, but we also were extremely fair in the way we ended it. This is the government talking. On July 11th, we announced that until September 10th, all dealers and anyone who had purchased a vehicle or had a vehicle on order, as long as it was plated and delivered by September 10th, other than Tesla, they would receive their rebate, end quote. So uh, kind of cut and dry there. They literally call out Tesla. So uh, I'm no lawyer, but it would seem like Tesla might have a strong case of just using the government's own verbiage against it. Uh, now, I don't think it's going to bring back the rebate, so I, I just, I'm not sure that's possible at this point from, from a practical or legal perspective. Uh, again, I am no legal expert, but I do wonder what the recourse could be. Now, there's one other chunk of this. This is straight from the lawsuit. I want to read you a piece of it, and it is this. So these are Tesla's words now. 
the Minister of Transportation, referring to Ontario, uh, the Minister of Transportation's decision suddenly left hundreds of Tesla Canada Ontario customers in the unfair position of no longer being eligible for the rebate they had expected to receive when they ordered their vehicles, while purchasers of other brands and from other dealers will still receive the rebate during a transition period that runs until September 10th. The decision has also already inflicted substantial harm on Tesla Canada in the form of lost sales and the creation of an impression among Ontarians that Tesla Canada may be singled out for future arbitrary treatment under the law. The unjustified targeting of Tesla Canada and its customers was done without giving Tesla Canada any warning or the chance to provide input or submissions. Tesla Canada received no reasons at all for its exclusion, which was an arbitrary and entirely unreasonable decision and should be quashed. First of all, thumbs up for using the word quashed in a legal document. But uh, on a more serious note, I I know I'm a Tesla fan and fanboy. You guys, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt, like I always say, but... That they think they've got a pretty good case there. I mean, the, the just the wording of that paragraph alone, because I think what's what's most uh, I- interesting to focus on there is the f- sort of future precedent that 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 at this point, this this whole this lawsuit could be more about setting a legal precedent to help stop this from happening. Uh, to them in in another way or in another place in Canada. I know that the law wouldn't translate to other countries, but uh, yeah, so I don't think their lawsuit is, is going to, it's not even think it's about bringing the rebate back. It's more about the damages of, of what has been done and how they, they allege they have been singled out and what, you know, trying to prevent this from, from setting a precedent that, that would allow, the, the government or other entities to single out Tesla in the future. So uh, again, my, I, my just, my heart goes out to all Ontario uh, people with Tesla orders, be it model three S or X. I mean, it's just what a heart. I mean, if the $7,500 U S rebate were just taken away tomorrow, but allowed to phase out for everyone, but Tesla. Yeah, I'd be, I would be, I'd be super mad about it. I mean, crushed, yeah, but I'd be more mad than anything else. Um, so I, I hope that there is that some restitution can be had for those folks in Ontario who the customers who are ultimately affected by this, particularly the ones that otherwise aren't able to order the car. Those are the people that I that I feel the worst for. All right, uh, let's move on to something a little more fun. Jay Leno, renowned car enthusiast, he has spent his post-Tonight Show days making Jay Leno's Garage, a uh, CNBC series that also runs online, uh, where Jay spotlights different cars every week and, and different things. And, well, they'd really hyped up that, oh, the Roadster, the 2020 Next Gen Roadster was going to be on this week's show. And it turned out to be, well, not much. I'm going to play you a clip and we'll go from there. Here is Jay Leno in the 2020 Roadster with Franz von Holzhausen, the chief designer at Tesla. Wow. The next generation Roadster has been described by Elon Musk as a hardcore smackdown to gas-powered cars. Wow. I mean, I've heard the rumors. He also said 
It will be the fastest production car ever made, period. Big talk, but if everything he says is true, it will outperform all competing supercars at just a fraction of the cost. It's very impressive. And this will have all the features, obviously, the S has. Absolutely. Autopilot, auto emergency braking, the fun performance. You know, it's a driver's car. There's three motors in this car, two in the rear and one in the front. 10,000 meters of torque at the wheels. What's your top speed? The top speed is 250 plus. Really? It hurts the, the, the fluid in your eyeballs. Yeah, I, yeah, that's <laughs> almost like fighter plane. And 600 miles on a charge? 600 miles on a charge, zero to 60 in 1.9 seconds. A quarter mile in 8.8 .8 seconds. 8. <laughs> that's just like drag race time. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah, hilarious. An 8.8 .8 second quarter mile in a production car is really amazing. How about a roaster that goes even faster than that? But let's see how fast we can go without leaving Earth. Ready to go for a little ride? Uh, sure, what do I need to do? So the only thing I would do, Jay, is put your head on the headrest. Why would I need to put my head on? Well, as I said, this was hyped up a lot in the promotion of this episode, and it proved to be a pretty small segment. You just heard all of the Roadster stuff. That was it. <laughs> so I have to say I was disappointed. I, I, uh, I really, and here's the thing, in all seriousness, I, I really would have liked to have heard Jay's full reaction and, and thoughts and analysis about the car. And he, you know, he's one of a very small group of people who've experienced the car firsthand. You know, Jay is such a car aficionado. He's such a fan of all cars. And I, I tell you, I mean, I would value his perspective on it. I would have loved to have hear, heard what he had to say, but all we really got was his reaction to a, a zero to 60 launch, a maximum plaid launch. And that was it. So, I mean, trying to look at it from the other side, Maybe Tesla didn't want him to talk too much about it since it was just the prototype. Maybe they just said, okay, well, you know, you can do a launch thing and that's pretty much it. We don't really, since the car is not in production, we don't want to get into anything else. But net, regardless, I thought it was a disappointing segment. But still, on the bright side, great to see Tesla get some coverage from such a big name like that. I mean, I know, you know, CNBC, the network that airs on, is just one of a what you know a billion cable channels now. Everything's so fragmented. But you know, Jay Leno doing a, a piece on on the the next gen Roadster and on Tesla that is that is uh, a big deal. So good stuff there. A few more news items for you this week. Again, turned into a busy week after all. Before we get to the ride the lightning hotline, which has been uh, has been on a little bit of a break while I do these these other couple. Uh, interesting things like the Calacanis interview, so we'll get back to that in a minute. But first, the Gigafactory, now the biggest battery factory in the world. The story comes via Electrek this week. The Gigafactory 1 in Sparks, Nevada, now outputting 20 gigawatt hours per year, making it the largest battery factory in the world. That number, by the way, is it's only going to rise in the coming years, as uh, Model Y in particular, that is the big one, when that comes online and ramps up, and uh, now, granted, it's, it's going to be using the same, theoretically, the same uh, battery technology and, and battery, maybe even the same packs 
as the as the three because it's supposed to be built on the same chassis. But but still, you're gonna need a lot more battery packs for Model Y. So as those ramp up and come online, and Model Three production continues to ramp up, you're going to see Gigafactory One's output continue to rise by quite a bit. Also in Tesla property news, in this is unfortunate news, a small fire broke out at the Fremont factory this week. Elon tweeting, quote, I was just there, cardboard being prepped for recycling along the southern fence line caught fire. Super appreciate the fast response by the Fremont Fire Department. No injuries or damage to the factory. So nothing really to say there other than I am curious how the fire got started. There's no report on that just yet, but very, very glad to hear that it was about as minor as it could possibly be hoped for in that situation. Let's move to Elon's tweets this week. The first one here, Elon noting on Twitter that the calendar integration that the Model S and Model X owners already enjoy is being integrated into the Model 3's navigation system, quote, soon, coming soon, he says. Now, if you're not familiar with this, if you're a Model 3 owner who you haven't experienced it in an S or an X, you'll be able to sync your calendar to your car. So if you have a meeting downtown, if you've got the address in the calendar, the car will read that, know that, and automatically default to giving you directions to that when you get in your car. So you'll just hop in and it'll be like, oh, meeting downtown, it's already set in the nav, let's roll. So uh, that is super cool, eager to see that. And it's really, when I thought about it, I'm pretty sure that feature is one of the last software features remaining in order for Model 3 to reach software parity, at least, with the Model S and Model X. So glad this is happening. Another notable Elon tweet this week comes regarding the goals for Tesla service when uh, when you need to take your vehicle in. Tesla's official account putting out a tweet that said, turns out 80% of repairs can be done without visiting a service center. We're doubling our mobile service fleet globally this year. Elon uh, replying to that, quote tweeting that, and adding, the goal is to service your car wherever you are quietly and quickly. No need to bring it to a Tesla service center. Uh, I happened to catch the Rangers in action this week, actually. I, I was parking at my daughter's school to drop her off, and right across the street where I parked, there was a one of the white Ranger Model S vehicles, the ones that say mobile service, and there was an open garage door, and the customers model S inside, and they were uh, they were just coming out, and I said hi to the Ranger real quick, and and he was very nice. He was super nice. So, I mean, I I hope I'll rarely need any work done to my car over the the course I have it, the years I have it. But the idea of them coming to my house and just working in my garage uh, that sounds pretty great. While I'm just say doing a podcast or something like that, they could be working on my car while I'm doing the show. All right, and one more relevant Elon tweet this week, and it involves, uh, I'm going to coin this, by the way, feel free to latch onto it or just, uh, just you know, give me this sarcastic, like the, the sarcastic sigh, but anybody up for karaoke? Elon Musk saying, quote, Tesla car karaoke, hopefully ready in over-the-air software update version 
10, when someone actually asked him about it, karaoke in the car, like putting the words on the screen so you could sing along. And that was his response, that they are doing that in version 10. So uh, I, I propose that we call it karaoke because uh, unless that's already a registered trademark, I'm going to go ahead and coin that pun right now. We're going to go with it. <laughs> and uh, I'll tell you, man, supercharger parties, they are going to be bumping, uh, particularly at night for those supercharger visits. As I'm just, I'm just picturing these boisterous cars full of, full of people partying in the parking lots at supercharger stalls as you, as you juice up on your road trip. So um, that is cool. I like seeing that. And uh, yeah, pretty soon we're going to be able to play Atari games right on the car in, at the supercharger stops. We're going to be able to sing karaoke in there. It's going to be good times at the Tesla supercharger stations. And by the way, more on version 10 coming up in the Ride the Lightning hotline here in a couple minutes. Two more quick things for you before I move on to said Ride the Lightning hotline. Just wanted to note the huge turnouts in Australia to see Model 3 for the very first time. I was hoping someone might call in with their impressions who attended. Didn't get a call, but that's okay. The pictures that I saw and a couple of videos of the lines were really pretty convincing. I'm wow. I mean, it was it was a sight to see. It reminded me, I'll tell you, it reminded me of March 31st uh, when we were all lining up to put down our reservations for, for Model 3. That's what, that's what this reminded me of. People lined up many, many just seemingly hours-long lines just to get a brief look in person and a brief sit inside the Model 3. So glad, uh, Australia, glad you were able to do that. And again, the cars should be hanging around in Australia for a little while, so... Uh, if you have, if you were not able to make one of the invite only reservation holder events, these cars should be in those those three showrooms I mentioned last week. Get in there and check it out. Finally, this week, uh, this is it's not directly Tesla related, which will make sense in a second, but I think this is of of relevant interest to all of you. It what well, it caught my ear for sure. So. If you are an MLB TV subscriber, as I am, uh, I watch my Diamondbacks via MLB TV, and this week, uh, you know, one they, they they play the same commercials like every half inning, and it's 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 mind numbing. But one of the commercials that started running this week was for electric vehicles in general. I'm gonna play it for you. There was a I I saw the TV spot, and then I went on the website to go find it to get the audio for this podcast. But there's a radio spot too, so I thought, well, it's more fitting. I'll just I'll play you the radio spot. Take a listen to this. No matter how modern your family might be, if you're pedaling around bedrock in a gas engine vehicle, you're living in the past. The era of the electric vehicle has arrived. With instant acceleration, electric cars are more fun to drive and more affordable than ever. Electric cars are here. Plug in to the present. Learn more at plugintothepresent.com. So let me just start by saying I thought it was kind of genius to equate ICEs to Flintstones cars, uh, Stone Age vehicles, and electric vehicles to Jetsons cars, 
With the one exception, I know some of you are thinking this right now, technically the Flintstones cars were all zero emissions because they were powered by feet, by human feet paddling on the ground. There was no gasoline or anything else powering them. But that aside, (laughs) I thought it was a really fun way to position it. And I was shocked. What's shocking about this to me is Volkswagen's name is at the end of this clip. It says, uh, sponsored by the Volkswagen Group. I'm like, wait, because it's not even a Volkswagen commercial. Volkswagen's not even making, they're not even mass producing any electrics yet. They've got a bunch in production, uh, in, in the planning stages. So I, yeah, I was just very surprised because there's a, there's a, the, in the TV commercial, the, the star of the commercial is a bolt, even though it doesn't have the Chevy badge on it, but it's a bolt. And then the end of the commercial, the last shot is like four or five EVs sort of driving off into the sunset away from the camera. And there was the, there was the Honda Clarity, which uh, I know there's a higher, I think there's a plug-in version of that. Um, but anyway, there's a bolt, uh, there was a leaf. I forget what else was in there, but no Teslas. If you are curious, I certainly was. So they do omit Tesla entirely from it, but just really cool to see. And, and the reason I, I got, I, I really believe that I, I, Elon Musk, if he sees this, if he becomes aware of it, it'll make him happy because even though there were no Teslas shown, this is exactly what Elon has always wanted from the rest of the industry. Copy him, copy them, make electric cars. So I think this commercial would bring a smile to Elon Musk's face uh, if and when he gets a chance to see it. So there you go. Uh, Tip of the hat to the Volkswagen group for putting out a, a positive electric vehicle commercial. All right, that wraps it up for the news this week. Plenty of excellent phone calls from all of you guys queued up and ready to go in the Ride the Lightning hotline. Let me do that in just a moment. The Ride the Lightning hotline is back after a brief week off last week, so I encourage you to participate. I would love to hear from you with your Tesla questions, comments, discussion topics, etc. Give me a call anytime. One of two easy ways to do that. Either use your smartphone's built-in voice recorder software, record something, please try to keep it to a minute, minute and a half tops, and email that file to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com, or you can call and leave a message anytime, day or night, on the Ride the Lightning hotline. It is toll-free, and it's 1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888-989-TSLA. And you know what's next. If you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. Let's kick it off with Brian in Minneapolis, who calls in about firmware updates on Model 3. Brian, take it away. Hey, Ryan. This is the original Brian from Minneapolis. Thought I'd chime in on the question of firmware updates on Model 3. I had an issue a couple of times on the highway where my car seemed to automatic emergency brake with no visible reason. 
um, just on the freeway, clear, no cars, front or rear. So I called into Tesla service and mentioned it to them, and they took a look, took a look at the logs, etc., and uh, didn't really do anything. But I also mentioned that I'd been waiting a while for the firmware update, and lo and behold, a couple hours later, it was pushed out to me. So I think one answer to getting the latest firmware is to just call Tesla service. Now, you probably don't want to do that all the time, or they'd be flooded with that type of call. But uh, Elon did mention, I think, in a tweet that the ability to request it um, in the car was coming. So I guess this is another way to do it in the meantime. Love the podcast. Take care. So this is a follow-up to Mark from Simi Valley's question about not getting an update for his car in a really long time. Now, as I requested, a kind Tesla employee did reach out to me and told me this which I would like to pass along to Mark and the rest of us for future reference. Quote, it's possible there's an old update that is, for lack of a better term, stuck. I'd advise that if someone hasn't seen an update in maybe one to two months while others have, they might want to call their local service center who can check to see if there is an update that didn't quite finish downloading in the background. End quote. And guess what? This actually happened to me. Uh, during the time that that all this uh, that that this the call had come in, the email had come in, I got I was a victim of this. So my yeah, while my car was at Immaculate Reflections, it didn't take an update the whole time it was there, even though there'd been a release or two. So I went after this Tesla employee reached out to answer this question. I asked him about my car, and he was able to look up my car and confirm that my download got stuck. He kindly cleared it up for me, and sure enough, when I went down to leave work that day after corresponding with him, I hopped in the car, and it prompted me about the update. So, uh, And then, by the way, another Tesla employee called in a bit later and left a very nice message that included a lot of this same stuff. So I just wanted to acknowledge, just let him know, I heard your call, and I appreciate it. Thanks to both of you from Tesla that reached out with that information for us. Let's go next to Jeff in Dallas who wonders uh, about a certain feature that could be nice, especially while you're supercharging, just hanging out, waiting for uh, for your car to juice up. Jeff, you're on the air. Brian, hi, it's Jeff from Dallas. Two Model 3-oriented questions. First, wonder whether Tesla has made any uh, efforts to allow a driver or passenger to make use of the center console screen to stream video while the vehicle is in park. So, for example, if the vehicle is in park and a supercharger for 30, 45 minutes, uh, allow people to, you know, stream a show or do something to, to fill that downtime. And with it being software-oriented, it seems like there's an ability to make it even contingent on being stopped at a supercharger. Second question, you know, in the ramp-up to full self-driving, as you know, there probably aren't a ton of people that are paying for that you know three thousand dollar package at this point. I wonder whether Tesla would consider giving lifetime premium connectivity as well as at least for the next month, you know, lifetime free supercharging. Yeah, for those who want to buy in, be willing to take that risk of spending three thousand dollars in exchange for uh, getting those additional perks. Uh, admittedly, uh, I missed the free. Uh, premium connectivity uh, because I placed my order at the end of last month. Uh, so uh, there's a little bit of potential self-interest here. Uh, finally, one little comment. 
on taking Tesla private. I do have some concerns about it and whether or not uh, by losing some of the public accountability, Tesla would make some of the, the same type of progress with the Model 3 and other vehicles, you know, without getting the constant questions. I get it's a little bit of a double-edged sword. In general, I think it's probably a good idea, but still, uh, I do have some reservations. Keep up the good work. Thanks. Jeff, your timing is impeccable with regard to the question of streaming video in the car. You sent this shortly before Elon tweeted that, yes, YouTube and Netflix streaming are coming in the previously mentioned version 10 of the Tesla firmware. Of course, as of this recording, version 9 isn't even out yet, so I think just this is just me guessing. I don't have any inside track here, but I think it's realistic to start to expect version 10 and thus the streaming feature sometime next year. I, I even think probably summer or fall. I'll bet it'll be like a year from version 9. But as to your concern about privatization, well, that's all moot at this point, isn't it? That, that got resolved just before I, I uh, sat down to record the show. So there you go. Our next caller is John from Fort Myers, who wants to, a way to communicate certain things with Tesla. John, how can we help? Hey, Ryan, John from Fort Myers here. What would be the best way to get a feature request to Tesla? I tweeted it to uh, Elon and uh, wanted to see if you had another um, avenue that I could use to possibly get uh, more coverage. I was driving up to Michigan with my son, who's starting a Tesla service uh, course uh, soon, and uh, we were driving through some rain, and uh, he came up with uh, the thought that uh, if the auto wipers were off on a Model 3, the wiper controls should pop up or present itself uh, immediately so you don't have to go swiping around or looking for it. And I thought uh, that would be a very intuitive way to uh, have the controls come up automatically when needed. So um, if you have uh, any suggestions as far as getting that to Tesla, uh, that would be great. And I know he's going to mention it to, uh, to the instructor up there uh, during the course, but I thought I'd give it uh, another shot from another angle. All right, that's all. Thanks for the uh, show. Bye-bye. So you can activate your car's voice command prompt and say bug report and then say your feature request. Elon himself has even suggested this method uh, fairly recently on Twitter, actually. So give that a try. In fact, uh, there was another one that came up this week. A Twitter friend by the name of 28 Days Later with underscores in between uh, those words suggested mirrors that could auto-fold when you're, they basically they would be GPS tagged. So uh, I've told you guys about my garage, it's super tight. I need to fold the mirrors to get through the garage door opening. Well, my car already, I love this little feature. You know, I, I added the home link to add my garage door opener and it is set to auto open my garage when I get within a certain distance and it's worked perfectly every time. So it's like, I don't know, five for five, six for six. And so that's super cool. Geo locates that way. It knows it knows that knows where the where, that we're home, and it's time to send the signal to the to the home link. And air suspension. If you have an S or an X, GPS tags the suspension height. So if I had air suspension, I would be raising it to get up my dr little driveway, uh, just to have an additional some additional 
buffer room on the clearance. I don't have that, but the SNX do have that. So the, the idea was suggested by 28 days later that this could, that, that maybe Tesla could do that for the mirrors too. So as you're approaching and you, you know you're in that spot, it'll just fold the mirrors without having, you having to go into the screen and do it. Uh, I would appreciate this feature. I'd love it. And Trevor Page from Model 3 Owners Club, I suppose, had spotted 28 days later's suggestion and got Elon, put put it to Elon, and Elon replied, because but, but it's a little vague, because Trevor had said something like, hey, Elon, uh, you should go to bed, but while you're at it, how about, uh, how about GPS-tagged folding mirrors? And he just replied with, okay. So not quite sure if he's acknowledging the mirror thing or the going to bed thing, because you're never quite sure. He does that. Elon does that sometimes. But uh, credit to 28 Days Later, he'd been trying several times to get that, get that question answered by Elon, and we have maybe an answer to that. But in any case, uh, I would appreciate that feature if it does come to pass. Next up is Andrew from Florida responds to the, the discussion about the sort of adult mini, you know, the mini Tesla that could hold, that could squeeze in an adult. So, uh, Andrew, what have you got to say about that? Hey, Ryan, this is Andrew from New Smyrna Beach, Florida. Just responding to your most recent episode where you talked about the, uh, what Elon said about the radio flyer car for adults where you can squeeze an adult in. I've just been thinking I'm a big theme park goer. Um, I'm also being a Tesla enthusiast. And it frustrates me whenever I go to any of the Disney parks that, you know, Disney being a progressive company, that they're still using these gas-guzzling, stinky, you know, polluting uh, cars and, like, uh, rides like Tomorrowland Speedway uh, and so forth and Tomorrowland and whatnot. Uh, and you're also thinking about, like, golf centers and small little parks and regional theme parks that have uh, go-karts. So I think it would be awesome if Elon kind of took this maybe a little bit, like, a half a step further of what he's working on and turn this into like a one-person go-kart electric. And then, you know, he could sell it to theme parks and, and things like that. And how cool would that be to be racing around with those? So anyway, just curious about your thoughts on that. Thanks, Ryan. It's funny you called in about this, Andrew, because when I was on vacation last week, I was at Disneyland with my in-laws, and I had this exact same thought. When we were walking up to ride the monorail at Disneyland over in Tomorrowland, you walk over uh, on this this uh, walkway that goes over the Autopia track, and I was actually surprised because it, it it stinks. It smells of exhaust right there. It's very sort of jarring because Disneyland is otherwise so clean and awesome, and you're literally you're walking through a a cloud of exhaust. It's and like I said, it's, it's just a very un-Disney thing. The attraction uh, is sponsored by Honda right now. I know because I was just there. I paid attention to it. And, and I had the same thought as you. Tesla should sponsor Autopia at Disneyland and electrify all of those little cars. Yes, they would have to be, the little cars would have to be significantly nerfed in the performance department, but think of how much cleaner that ride, which runs, gosh, uh, 16, 14 to 16 hours a day continuously, but think about how much cleaner that ride and just the air in that spot would be. I mean, I know Tesla doesn't advertise. They don't do traditional advertising. But I, I would call this not traditional advertising. I would suggest they make uh, an exception here because think about it. I mean, I, I don't want to overstate this, but 
people from all around the world come to Disneyland. And the advertising on the, on the attraction, it's not that blatant. It just says, powered by Honda, underneath the Autopia sign. I actually took a picture of it. And so, boom, change that to the Tesla, to, to powered by Tesla with the T logo. And people, you know, if they, they have fun on the ride with the little electric cars... They're, they're probably going to look up Tesla organically on their own. They're going to look it up if they don't know about it. And it'll end up being a positive association for Tesla because they'll get associated with this fun thing at Disneyland. Uh, so I think it would be worth the investment. Now, for all I know, Disney charges an absolute fortune to sponsor one of those rides. I have no idea. but And we know that Tesla is still... They're still vying for st- sustainable profitability. So I'm not saying they do it tomorrow, but I think it'd be cool if they uh, if they looked into that, if they did that. Next up, Ken from Denver wanted to ask about a potential factory delivery of his Tesla. Ken, take it away. Hey, Ryan. This is Ken from Denver. Uh, I'm interested to hear the go private discussion and wonder uh, for your share, uh, shareholders, that our listeners, if they're going to keep uh, their shares in the private company or they would sell at 420. My question was about the factory delivery and is if Tesla is still doing that. I didn't know if the Fremont Delivery Center was taking the place of factory deliveries or that was still an option. And on for the out-of-state people, uh, like your friend from Louisiana, do they? I thought they had to pay double taxes if they – delivery in California or, or something like that. Uh, I was interested in hearing about that. Uh, congratulations on your P3D, and I like the name. Thanks. Hey, Ken, thank you for the kind words, and I am happy to clarify this for you. Yes, the Fremont Delivery Hub does take the place of factory delivery. It's just across the freeway from the factory, uh, maybe a mile, if that. I personally think, I don't know for sure, but I think the factory probably just got too busy. You know, they're full up there now. Uh, there's there's overflow parking for with employees, So, and there's probably just too many deliveries happening as production has ramped for them to keep doing it at de- deliveries at the factory. Still, as I mentioned on the delivery episode, I did head over there right after delivery for a top-off supercharge. And uh, yes, if you come get the car here, You'd have to pay any difference between your sales tax uh, in your state and California's tax, as, as I understand it. So I hope that helps. We've got Seth from uh, elsewhere in Colorado, Golden, Colorado. Up next, Seth, you're on the air. Hey, Ryan. Seth from Golden, Colorado here. I'm a relatively new listener, first-time caller. Um, I absolutely adore your show. I listen to it every Monday morning when I go on my walk. Um I had a a concern about the unlocking of the car and locking of the car with the phone. I'm patiently awaiting my mom's Model 3, which I convinced her to put a reservation down for uh, two and a half years ago, two years ago, I guess. Um, And so I'm just wondering about this because I want it to be as convenient for her as possible. Um, And Teslanomics, Ben over at Teslanomics, has been complaining about it. And I just wanted to know another person's view on it. I know that he also said that Tesla was looking at designing a key fob for the Model 3. Maybe that'll be aftermarket or something like that. But I just want to know your first impressions with your new performance uh, on unlocking the car and locking the car with the phone. Thank you for answering my question. 
Thanks for the call, Seth, and welcome to the podcast. It is very possible that since you've sent this call in, Tesla sent out the firmware update to you that enables that honk confirmation of locking. Uh, I have to say, I with with regard to success rate with locking and unlocking via the phone, I've heard that Androids have been a bit more problematic. Uh, I'm not sure which one your mom uses, but probably going to be okay. iPhones seem to be doing a bit better. I had a hundred percent success rate for the first little while, but I have had a few instances, a few frustrating instances where uh, with my iPhone 10, where it just doesn't work. Uh, even even a couple down in my own garage. I'm like, well, why is this? Uh, <laughs> we're right here. The why the, um, we're connected to Wi-Fi. It's right upstairs. They got the phones right in my pocket. What's going on? And yeah, it is it is frustrating when it doesn't work. But um, like I said, it's probably going to be fine. And if it's not, the key card is fairly straightforward. You just tap it near the B pillar between the front and rear doors, underneath the the camera, the B pillar camera. And then you set the key card near the cup holders on the center console, and you're off. That's all there is to it. Hope that helps. We're going to Tom from Chicago next, who uh, picked up his three recently and wants to talk about the Tesla brand as a whole. Tom, go ahead. Hey, Ryan. It's Tom from Chicago again. I was hoping to get your point of view on something I've been thinking on. I'll be taking delivery of my Model 3 next week, so naturally I've been crazy excited and telling anyone who will listen. However, amongst those conversations I've been having with people, I've started to notice just a lack of understanding regarding the differentiation between the Model S and X and the Model 3. Most people still consider, in my opinion, Tesla to be an ultra-premium brand, and I realize that a $50,000 car is still a luxury item, but it's drastically different from the $100,000 plus price points of their other cars. And as a marketer by trade, I also started to consider the brand perception situation Tesla may run into in the next two to five years. Like the entire lineup of cars Tesla will have in the near future will need to cater to a very broad range of consumers of which the brand will need to be flexible enough to be relevant across all those various demographics. MKBHD also recently interviewed Elon, where he said they could make an even cheaper EV at around $25,000 in the next three years. That puts their fleet in competition with Honda Civics to hypercars and like everything in between. And that spectrum of price point is basically unheard of in the marketplace and you know maybe difficult to balance. But I'm hoping they can pull it off. Just wondering if you've had similar experiences when discussing your new Model 3 and uh, and or what your thoughts are on the topic are. All right. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks, Tom. When people have asked me or will ask me moving forward, I'm just going to say it starts at 35000 And then if they want to talk more in depth about it, I will give them whatever information they're looking for. And I wonder if the solution to the very valid future concern that you have about Tesla's brand perception could be along the lines of something that I discussed last week, advertising. What can alter a brand's perception? I mean, I'm sure with your background, you can answer that in much more detail than I can. But I think it's probably fair to say that advertising is one of the correct answers to that question, right? If Tesla has a $25,000 Model 4 in five to seven years from now, and they're thought of as still thought of at that time as this premium price car company, I could think of plenty of ways that they could blitz the world with a marketing campaign to make sure everybody out there is aware that they have models across many 
price ranges. A few more calls this week. Let's go next to David in Maryland, who uh, had an experience at delivery of his car that he wanted to share. We'll see if we can help him out a little bit. David, go ahead. Hi, Ryan. This is David from Maryland. Um, first, I wanted to say uh, you have a great show. I'm a big fan. Um, so unfortunately, I have kind of a, a bad experience story for you. Um, so trying to make it short, yesterday I was supposed to pick up my new Tesla Model 3. Um, we did all the paperwork. I've transferred the money. Um, everything went very smooth. And then we go out to the car, and it's the wrong color. So they checked the VIN. The VIN is correct, but somehow they didn't check that the VIN matched the description of the car. Um, needless to say, I was extremely upset and angry by the whole situation. Um, now, what made it worse was that it felt like I just really didn't get much customer service from it. Um, you know, nobody really reached out to me. I had to reach out to them. Um, I had a really bad customer rep, um, which also did not make it any better. Um, and I guess my question to you is, you know, they, they basically made it seem like this is not the first time it's happened, so this must have happened to at least a few other people. My question to you is, you know, do you think Tesla should do something to make this right or do something to make this better for the customer. Um, in my opinion, it seems like it would be a better idea to try to take care of the customer, make them happy, um, make sure that their brand isn't tainted in their mind, and that they're still spreading good thoughts and good news about Tesla. I'm a huge fan of Tesla, um, you know, up until now, obviously. So to me, it feels like it would have been a better experience to try to do something to make it better. Um, I guess my question is, what do you think they could do to make it better? And I would like to hear other stories from other people that may have had a similar situation. Uh, thanks, Ryan. Thanks for keeping up with the show. Uh, talk to you later. Bye. David, I'm very sorry to hear about your situation. I, I hope there's been some positive resolution or at least uh, some update since you sent this call a bit ago, because of course I didn't do the Ride the Lightning hotline last week and uh, what, so what I'm about to say might be moot, but I'll just say this mistakes do happen. Uh, it's unbelievably unfortunate for you. I, I would absolutely be crushed if I'd gone through everything, waited for years, like I'm sure you did, got your financing in order. And then you walk out to a car that, uh, in my case would be not multi-coat red. I, I would be, I would be flabbergasted. I would probably be upset and you know, I, I think the manager of the location that you took delivery at should not only escalate your, your case immediately, but they should keep in constant contact with you about it. That's what I would personally expect and I, what I would personally want if I were in your situation. Uh, it'd be nice if they also gave you something like a, maybe like a $500 service center credit as like a make good or something along those lines, but... For me, working quickly and decisively to get you the car you ordered and keeping in regular contact with you during that process would be what I would want and what I would expect. So I'm sorry again, and I hope things are better now than when you first called in. Our penultimate caller of the week is Mark 
in Portland has a detailing question. Let's talk to Mark. Hey, Ryan, Mark from Portland. Just calling with a couple questions and one suggestion. Eagerly awaiting uh, my VIN number for my Model 3. Should be here pretty much any day. And while I get prepared for that, I was looking into protecting the vehicle, the vehicle protection film, or what I've also found is a spray coating, uh, the Autoflex. I just wanted to see if you know anything about it or one's better than the other, one lasts longer, uh, anything like that. Additionally, looking at window tinting and seeing a lot of uh, ceramic window tints, just wanted to know if there's actually uh, the merit to them or if that's more of just kind of a fad. Finally, uh, as you kind of have Elon's ear, maybe, if it's possible to suggest to him putting the steering on like some type of speed scheduling where from 0 to 10, something like that, would be at the lightest setting, and then the medium setting as you go from 10 to 35, and then the sport settings you get higher because uh, you don't necessarily need that lightest setting when you're on the highway and you d- certainly don't need the firmer setting when you're driving around a parking lot. Anyway, see if you ever heard about that or could maybe throw the suggestion out. Thanks so much for all the effort you put into the show and uh, look forward to it every week. Mark, I confess I don't know anything about spray coatings. I would encourage you to hit up the forums or the Tesla Reddit to post or search out a thread for more because Others, no doubt, have plenty of experience they can share with you. I'll give you my default answer to this, though, since you did mention that you're considering paint protection film. I mentioned it at the top of the show. I'll say it again. Uh, I certainly recommend doing the front end, the fascia, the hood, the fenders, if you can budget for it. That, to me, would be my top priority to protect the paint. Because, as I've said before, with no grills, Teslas are all paint up front, all three of them. And I speak from experience on that. I've I've told you before about my Infiniti in the past. It was a Bay Area car its whole life, the 12 plus years I had it. And I had just the nose of the car done with with paint protection film because that was sort of the, the standard then. People weren't really doing the whole hood quite as much. By the time I sold the car after those 12 plus years, there were a lot of rock chips further up the hood than where the the film was and on the fenders. I mean, sure, I had them all filled in with touch-up paint to minimize the the pain of it a little bit, but it's hardly the same. It's still, you know, it didn't look great to me. Uh, And as as for tinting, another Infinity story, since I I haven't done my Model 3 window tinting yet, I had ceramic film on my Infinity, and... Uh, Just a quick anecdotal story here. One time when I was at the dealer getting serviced, it was back when it was still under warranty and it it was fine to take it to the dealer. Uh, The service was all easy then, you know, and and covered. Anyway, my service advisor there, he told me when I picked up the car that of all the cars sitting outside uh, that day that he'd had to be be in and out of, you know, his customers came through to drop off, pick up, etc., He said, mine was noticeably cooler inside than all the other cars. And I explained to him that I had the ceramic window tint. So there you go. And and I can further corroborate this more recently by telling you, uh, I think I've mentioned this in recent episodes, but since selling my Infiniti and driving my wife's Mini while I was waiting for my Model 3, I was quite frequently roasting in her car, which has no window tint. There was a big difference driving on the exact same roads that I always drive on in my tinted ceramic tinted infinity and then in her untinted 
Mini Cooper. So take that how you will. Our final call this week, we've got Tyler in Nebraska who wants to talk a little bit about charging his Model 3. Tyler, go ahead. Hey, Ryan, it's Tyler from Nebraska. Love the podcast, and I listen every week. I was a first-day reservation holder, and I've had my Model 3 for three months now, and other than a brake clip rattling loose, I couldn't be happier with the car. My question has to do with battery charging. One day a week, I have a substantial commute that I can make in a complete round trip if I charge the battery to the max and get home with less than 30 miles of range. I've read on the forums that the target battery level is from 50 to 90% and to never drop below 20%. So my question is, what actual damage is being done by putting the battery to the limits? I get tired of the alert that charging the battery to the max could negatively affect the car, and I obviously want to extend the life of my battery, and I'm willing to stop at a supercharger each week on my way home, but if it's not hurting anything and I can come home on fumes, I'd rather not waste the time. Thanks for everything, and congrats on the delivery of your spirit of adventure. Thank you for the kind words, Tyler. I have good news for you. You are going to be totally fine. There's just one battery conditioning tip you need to keep in mind. When you do need to charge to 100%, don't let it sit there. Don't leave it plugged in. You want to just get it up to 100, unplug, and go. That is, that is the goal. Try to time your charging session so that you are leaving right as that charge tops off. That, from what I've read many, many times over the years in various places, is the key to not abusing your battery during a range charge scenario. So I hope that helps and safe travels to you. Uh, One last quick little note. I just wanted to, to acknowledge Francois from Montreal, who had called in a few weeks ago, first time caller, long time listener. He had asked about rust proofing built into the Model 3, whether it's in the paint, whether there's galvanized steel, etc., winter tires. Uh, there were such good questions. I didn't have the answers, couldn't get them, or couldn't find them. So I emailed Tesla, and they did get back to me saying they were looking into it. I still haven't heard back, so I just wanted to let you know, Francois, I have not forgotten about you. Hopefully I will get an answer from Tesla on that at some point so I can give accurate information. All right, that wraps it up for the Ride the Lightning Hotline. I encourage you once again to participate. Give me a call, however you want to do it, whether it's recording something on your phone, minute, minute and a half, uh, and then emailing that file to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com, or if you want to call in and leave a message on the toll-free Ride the Lightning Hotline, which is 1-888-989-8752. You can do that as well. And I'll be right back to wrap things up for you right after this. Time for the plugs. Uh, I do want to give one more shout out this week to Abstract Ocean. Jeff did such an amazing job on my car, put so many hours in, such attention to detail and care. Uh, They are... You know, about it's about a half hour, 45 minutes from the factory out in the sort of northeast bay. What's cool, though, is, and I did this on the way back, if you take the 580 way, go 580 and then up to get there from the factory, um, what's cool is you drive by a bunch of wind farms, wind turbines, which is so fitting in a Tesla. And it's very pretty, very scenic, too. So it was even a nice ride out there. But uh, Abstract Ocean, Jeff took really good care of me. 
So whether you want to do the paint correction, like I said, I, I am a very big fan of Jeff's paint correction work. Paint correction, paint protection film, the C-Quartz finest reserve ceramic coating, uh, whatever you want to do, one of those, two of those, all of those, just a clay bar, nice detailed wash, uh, whatever you need him for, he's there. You can reach out and, and work out what's best for you with him. You can find him online at irdetailing.com. Feel free to also look him up on Yelp or Instagram at immaculate underscore reflections on those URLs. And then we've got our friends at abstractocean.com. Uh, I think I might go for the puddle lights pretty soon. I'm, I'm eyeing the, the original Model 3 logo, the, you know, the three horizontal lines. I, I always loved that logo. And I like now that it's sort of like an inside thing. Like you, gotta, you have to have been following Tesla for a bit to know what it is. But they've got the puddle lights. They've got uh, tempered glass screen protectors, all kinds of fun stuff over at abstractocean.com. Fun stuff for your car and fun stuff for you. Use the coupon code RTL podcast at checkout to get 20% off of your first order. And what else? I'm on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. Same thing on Instagram. As I said, I'm using Instagram as uh, just sort of the, it's like just the, it's all the Tesla stuff. It's like my, basically my Tesla social media account where it's nothing but Tesla, all the adventures of the spirit of adventure will be chronicled there if you're interested in, uh, in following along with that. You can always email me, teslapodcast at gmail.com. My referral code, if you're ordering a new S, new X, or a performance Model 3, you've got uh, like three or so weeks left to order and get the free unlimited lifetime supercharging because after September 16th, it's going to drop down and just become a year of free unlimited supercharging with the referral code. So if you're buying, use my referral code to get that. The code is Ryan73014. So either give that to a sales advisor, or if you're ordering online, type this into your web browser, ts.la slash Ryan73014. That will take you to the Tesla Design Studio where then you can you can choose which car you want and configure it, and it'll have that free unlimited supercharging baked into your order. Uh, let me say thank you to the Patreon producers, the kind folks supporting the show uh, each and every month. We've got Paul Hussey, DJ Harbaugh, Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassiopo, David Brander, Jonathan Wales, Alexi Heft, Logan Willis, Matthew Parra, Michael Lester, Robert Maracle, Jason Chalukas, Emotion Rentals, Richard Ouellette, Tim Hyde, Marcus Mayenshine, Lee Sweet, Lars Hoffman, Peter Chalet, Harold Plug, Kenneth Martin, Michael Callahan, Rome Strack, David Vakil, Ulrich Lassa, Luke A., David Kittle, Eric Randolph, David Nondahl, Luke Miles, Stefan Joris, Gabriel Salais, Jerry and Mary Smith, Ketafuki, Brian Hope, Rick Sinta, Bill Royko, Jeremy Harris, Scott Gillis, and I don't know if I mentioned them last week or not, but our newest Patreon producers saying hi to Lyle Austin and Joel Sapp. Thank you guys. Thank all of you so much for your support of the podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, you get uh, a lot out of it each week, and you, you want to express uh, support for it, one way you can do that, one way I'd love for you to do that 
if you see fit, it's all optional, it's all up to you, is to support me on Patreon. You can find all the details of that on Patreon on the website. It's patreon.com slash Podcast. So Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. That'll wrap it up for me. You can, of course, subscribe, which, again, is the just free, and that's delivering the show to you rather than you having to go download it every week. So be sure to subscribe if you don't already. You can do so on iTunes, Google Play, although, sadly, they had another little issue with uh, ingesting the Libsyn podcast this week. But uh, there is also a Google Podcasts app now as well. That seems to be working better, according to Google folks that I'm hearing from. You've got Stitcher. Uh, tune in, which by the way, so tune in is how you can listen to it in the car, right? Built into your Tesla. Uh, thankfully, I was able to get in touch with somebody at tune in this week. If you search Tesla or search Ride the Lightning, the show comes up, but the album art doesn't show up until you drill into it, and then it's there. Well, it's like, well, I'd like it to show up on the main search screen, <laughs> and they they confirmed with me that that is a bug. So. I'm glad to have flagged that for them, and hopefully they'll get it fixed up. But anyway, you can listen to the uh, to the podcast in your Tesla as well. I'm also on Spotify, and then there's the hosting site where you can just grab individual downloads or subscribe to the RSS feed as well. So find that at teslapodcast.libsyn.com. Libsyn spelled L-I-B-S-Y-N. That wraps it up for episode 160 of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast for a sprawled out across the couch and sleeping Daisy the Boxer Puppy. I'm Ryan McCaffrey. Uh, Thank you all so much for listening, for just being along on the ride with me with this. Happy electric motoring to all of us. That is what I'm going to be doing this weekend. I'm very excited. Can't wait. Uh, I think I might try to visit a couple superchargers, not because I really need to, but just because I want to, I want to see what's doing. I want to see if, I want to see if like organic conversations strike up or if people just kind of keep to themselves. I don't know. We'll see. But, uh, I am eager to get out on the road and do some electric motoring of my own. So I'll see you guys next week. Have a great week.